to the Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on the Saturday morning, looking at the week six of college football preview and predictions episode. So thank you for joining us. As every week, we break down the top games of the week, usually the top 25 matchups, whatever ones they have. And if there's only a couple, we break down some of the other big-time matchups of the week. Kind of just give you some information, some background on what's going on in the game, just how the teams are looking, what you can expect in the matchups. So that way you're not going into them blind and... I mean, I know everybody can go and look at anything, but this is just simple, you know, short and sweet, right to the point, and talk about how the teams are. That way, like I said, you can just be prepared for all the matchups of the day. And just, I like to break it down too, also, where you can just see certain matchups with inside the game to look for, particularly that'll, that's really going to, you know, shift the game in one direction or another. And. That, I mean, for example, say a team's offense versus defense, if someone, you know, if the offensive line is getting movement against the defense, that's something you can watch for for the game. And if you see it happening early on and there's, you know, they're really got the momentum going, you obviously got an idea of that's going to be a factor for them and probably got a good shot of winning the game. So that's really what this is about. Obviously, like I said, anybody can go look at some something else and read what's going on with the games. But I really like to just give you something to really look at for each and in, each individual game so that way you can kind of just – you know, have a feel of how which way it's trending. But obviously, if you've been listening for a while, you already know this. I've already talked about it before. But if you haven't before, if you're joining us for the first time, thank you for joining us. I hope you continue to listen, continue to follow us throughout as we continue to push out more content and more episodes. But with that said, we're going to jump right into today. Going to jump into a top five matchup this week. And we got four top 25 matchups going down, but this is the biggest matchup of the day with the top five. We got number four, Penn State. At number three, Iowa Hawkeyes, they're both 5-0. and Both teams have been very dominant to start the season, have both looked the part as number three and number four. And right now, the, the line, last time I checked, it was one and a half in favor of Iowa. So that's what you can, that's what the the spread is for this game. This game's going to be at four o'clock on Fox. So good time frame going from midday to evening. So those are always fun matchups to watch. Not too late, not too early. So that's perfect time frame for this type of matchup. I'm just glad it didn't end up on the Fox big noon game. I can't stand when the games are played at noon. I mean, some people may like it, so it's just over with and they have the rest of the day. That's not how I am. I like mid midday, late games. That's just how I roll. So uh, this game's perfect time of the day, 4 o'clock, going to be on Fox, but this game's really just going to come down to, obviously, we know defense, but because both defenses are obviously some of the best in the country, have sport great players, got good defensive coordinators, got good, def- you know, defensive-minded coaches there at both programs, but I think this game is definitely going to be heavily, I think the pressure's definitely going to be on both offenses, and obviously someone says, wow, that's, you know, that's a genius insight because obviously both offenses have to score against these great defenses, but like I said, I'm looking at that particular type of stuff, and for me, I think this type of matchup, you really got to look at how much pressure is going to be on Sean Clifford, the Penn State quarterback, in this matchup because while Iowa's been dominant, their whole entire defense has gone with their secondary I mean they're getting picks left and right they're leading the nation in like top couple of uh, teams when it comes to turnover differential so they're doing a real good job in that department and just each team they've played they've been able to pick off a quarterback I mean just a couple weeks ago they were played they played Wisconsin and they were able to pick them off four times so uh, you're looking at that type of matchup and you're seeing how well they've just been able to do and sorry, I just misspoke on something. It wasn't Wisconsin that I was talking. I meant to say it was Maryland when they played uh, 
Tua's brother, Tugavailoa, played him there. They ended up picking him off six times is what it was. So excuse me on that. But anyways, you've just been able to see how dominant this Hawkeyes defense has been able to be, especially on that backside. It's been dominant being able to blanket receivers. They're very physical, and they can they just are able to create turnovers and they're making these windows super tight for these quarterbacks to throw in. And that's why I say that I think the pressure really just comes down to, to Sean Clifford. He's been so good and not turning the ball over this year. And actually really just flourishing in the offense this year after the new offensive coordinator came in. Being able to move the ball well, being able to throw the ball at a high percentage, completing a high percentage of his throws. So for him, I mean, obviously it's been really good, but now you just walk in playing this type of brick wall defense that that Pence, that uh, excuse me, Iowa brings. So you're sitting here, and like I said, all the pressure's on him, and if it, it's, this team's just really going to live or die by him this week. If he plays bad, they're really going to struggle. I think the offense is not going to be able to get off the floor. And while they're they're running back, their running game's not terrible. It just hasn't been the highlight of their year. And obviously, we know Iowa's going to should be able to shut down the run. They've got a decent line as well, so I expect the run just to be shut down. I think to me that's kind of a given, but we all know the major part of this game is going to be in Sean Clifford's hands, and if he can just not complete a high percentage of his throws, or if he, this is my this is one thing I'm going to talk about too. Also, any turnover in this game is going to possibly switch, like just hold, totally flip this game on its head. So, and that's why I've said it's so much pressure on him. If he turns the ball over one time in this game, one interception, I think it can have huge ramifications for this game, just because of how defensive this matchup is probably going to be, how defensive-minded this matchup is going to be. And like I said, one pick, you put Iowa in scoring position and they've got good field position, you're, I mean, you're looking at already being down a touchdown. I mean, so that's just how important this is. I mean, you have matchups just like a couple of years ago. I mean, you can see these two teams were top three in the nation in defense. Iowa's ranked number three. They come in and Penn State wins by like five points. So, I mean, and it was only – the game didn't even get into the 20s for either team. So, I'm not saying – It'll be like that. I definitely think there'll be a little more offense in this, but I think, like I said, just one turnover can really turn this whole game around if they're not careful. And that's why I think all the all the pressures on him for Spencer Peters for for uh, Iowa. Obviously, he's done better this year. The first, I think it was two or three games, he was at 50% for his throws. Now he's up to high 60s. So he's obviously progressed as the seasons went along. And for him... Obviously, Penn State's got a good defense. I just don't think they have the type of secondary that Iowa does, so I think it makes it more comfortable for him. But also, he knows he can rely on that defense that he has back there. And Sean Clifford relies on his defense as well. I just think there's more pressure on them being also at Iowa. I think that adds a big element as well. So I think everything just comes down to how well Sean Clifford plays. And because of that, I think this game is with it being rested on just one person's shoulders this week, I really feel like this game is going to be a, a game for Iowa to really come up big and you know show the, and add to their resume that they are top three in the country, that they are the number three team in the country, and that they should definitely be heavily considered for the college football playoff rankings when you know in top three when they come out here in the next couple weeks. So for me, I got Iowa in this game, twenty-four to twenty, and like I said, that'll put move them to six and zero, and obviously give them another big win under their belt. So. That's going to be a huge game in the matchup. And I know some people are already saying, well, who, whoever wins this might be able to jump to number two. Okay, you got to slow down with that type of stuff. I think there's just so much overreaction when it comes to college football week to week. You see one team do so bad this week, and then the next week they do the total opposite, and everybody's back on the hype train. I think you kind of just have to remember what's going on. And for that, I think you have to look at what Georgia and Alabama have done at one and two. 
and see how well they've been. I mean, I don't think any any type of win in this matter is going to jump either one of those teams, obviously. Especially not Alabama sitting at one. No one's even bothered to budge on that all year. So, like I said, this game just will really cement whoever's the three team. And the only way I think you move the top two teams is if one of them loses. Um, or... Well, obviously, if you have a huge injury and one of the teams start, you know, start struggling to, you know, in their games, so I think that's something that you'll have to watch later on. But for now, Georgia is cemented at that number two spot, and they got number eighteen Auburn at Auburn. Georgia right now is a fifteen and a half point favorite, so they got Georgia as over two touchdown favorite against Auburn. This game is at three thirty on CBS, so going to be a good matchup right here. I think for probably about a half. Let's just put it that way. And for this game, this is what I'm talking about week to week when it comes to overreactions. Auburn two weeks ago is playing Georgia State. They're tra- they're trailed for a good portion of the game. They were able to get a late touchdown, cut it close, and then they had to score a last-minute touchdown under a minute and left in the game just to win that game against Georgia State. And Georgia State's not a terrible football team, but Auburn should have been able to handle, handily beat them, and they just struggled the whole entire game. And then you go to next week, this past week, they played LSU, were able to come back within the last couple of minutes, score a touchdown, and be able to take a 24-19 win over LSU. So that was in Death Valley, 9 o'clock. That's a big accomplishment. But at the same time, though, I mean, you're looking at LSU, and what has LSU done this year? They've struggled throughout the whole year. They lost to UCLA earlier in the year. They barely beat Mississippi State the week before. And then here you are against Auburn and you had them on the ropes the whole entire game and Auburn just barely comes in and wins. So obviously for tech, I mean, for LSU, they haven't looked that good, but then Auburn barely squeaks out a win their last two weeks against lower, I would say lower tier competition. And then now we got people saying that their, their passing attack is going to threaten Georgia. I, I mean, I'm just not understanding the logic behind that or the, or the hype behind that. Cause I mean, that's just what I've been hearing all week that this game could be closer than the 15 point spread that there is for this. And that Auburn's, you know, not, not a bad team and they're not a bad team. I was the only one that I've saw out for any rankings for any place, CBS, ESPN, anything like that, that had, Auburn in the top 25 to start the season because I think they are a top 25 team but to try and sit here and compare them to the level that Georgia's played at this year I think is disrespectful to Georgia but also is just undermining you know not not giving respect to Auburn and what they've done this year as well because they've while while they've played well they just haven't played up to that level and I think that's kind of just hoping a prayer happens type type scenario and I just don't think that that that's going to happen. And the reason being is you look at how Bo Nix plays and week in and week out, he gives you something different against Georgia state. Yeah. He hasn't thrown an interception, but he can't complete the majority of his passes. He's struggling, not hitting a high completion rate, gets pulled, gets replaced with TJ Flynn. And then the next week he comes in and has this Johnny Manziel like performance as everyone was calling it, just because he's outrunning LSU's defense because his terrible offensive line keeps breaking down and he's able to, you know, hit a Houdini touchdown throw. I mean, that's just, like I said, it's over, reaction because you don't know what Auburn's going to give you for one and also they just haven't haven't been that great this year the big the only game that they played I would say really semi like really good against a good competition team was Penn State and even then they just they didn't look whole and Penn State was able to to come out of there with the win in that game so the only team that they played 
big time team they really struggled against was able to you know stay at least close and then they threw it away there at the end when they had an opportunity so I'm just not very very high on them in this game like a lot of people are I'm just not understanding it so like I said going back to Bo Nix and that offensive line he had a great game against LSU but LSU's defense has obviously been very inferior over the last couple years ever since they had I mean just I mean really ever since the offensive system there really went from a manage the game run the ball be able to hit you know throws on third and long when you needed to type offense to now it's you know throwing around there like they have since uh since joe burrow was there so i mean ever since they switched their mindset to offense their defense has been absolutely terrible i would say and i mean you're while their defense is terrible you're still seeing them able to get in auburn's backfield and bo nix is having to basically save the day running around for his life back there and I just I just don't understand how that that look right there while Bo Nix is able to do that. I just don't understand how you put two and two together that because they're playing a better defense this week that Bo Nix is going to be able to do the same thing. I mean, two weeks in a row. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It's illogical. Like I said, I think it just goes high, over the hype from one week to the next. And so I really just don't think Auburn has has the ability to score on this Georgia defense. If they do, like I said, it'll be one touchdown type deal or a field goal. You know, it, maybe they could get ten, maybe, but I just don't really see it. The offensive line has just been so bad this year, and it looked terrible against LSU last week. And now you got the t- probably a top one of the top I would say defensive fronts that you've ever seen in college football coming into Auburn, and is getting ready to match up against the offensive line. It just does not work out good for them whatsoever. I just don't see how it does. And some people are saying, even some Georgia fans, I'm not even understanding this mindset either. They're saying that they feel like Bo Nix is going to be able to, you know, scramble a lot and probably only hold us to, you know, maybe one or two sacks. I'm not seeing that either because even though he's fast and he's quick and he's able to scramble out of situations, Georgia, I think if Georgia blitzes at all in this game, they'll be able to be there in his in his face the whole entire game because the offensive line is bad. I just don't see them making the adjustments to be able to cover that front as fast as that front is. I think they'll be able to hunt him down. And I think you could see Georgia have five or six sacks in this game, have another huge week, and like I said, be able to hold them to three, seven points, that type of game. So, offensively for Georgia, this is a first true road test for them this year. I know they had to go play Clemson in Charlotte, but that was technically a neutral site game. So, I mean, that was a good experience. But this year, really going on the road into a raucous environment. It's a rivalry game. We all know this is one of the biggest rivalries of the of the year. So, we're looking at that. And so, for Georgia, I think with Stetson Bennett at quarterback, again, it's looking like with JT Daniels probably out still, they're just going to look like they're going to rest him. I'd expect Georgia's offense to kind of just be ground game oriented again for this week like they were against Arkansas. And with that saying, I think they'll still be able to score points. I think it'll be at a lower level than what they have been. Auburn's defense has gotten better, has shown some life. So that's, I think they'll be able to slow down the running game a little bit, not too much. I still think Georgia will get over 200 yards, be able to win this game handily. So I got Georgia scoring 31. Auburn, I'll give, I'm giving them seven at least. So 31 to seven is what my my final is going to be. So Georgia will not their top their third top 25 win of the year. They have two top 10 wins, and that'll be their third top 25 win. But people, what I keep hearing is that Georgia hasn't played anybody just because they keep beating these teams, and all of a sudden they're they're bad. Now I will say that Clemson hasn't been the greatest, and everyone keeps talking about how. Georgia's only scored 10 against that Clemson that Clemson defense. People forget the problem with Clemson is not is not the, the not the defense whatsoever. The defense is really good. It's the offense that has a problem. 
And so, I mean, I'm not understand. Like I said, I think a lot of stuff is very illogical. It's very week to week. They don't look at bigger picture stuff. And I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of the comments were, you know, we're seeing out here in college football news and from even some of these some of these people i mean i saw someone the other day say that say that georgia shouldn't even be ranked top two just because they haven't played any but i mean it's just absolutely crazy stuff that i think people say just for attention so like i said here i'm going to give you the facts i'm going to tell you the truth i'm going to be very blunt and downright honest with you i'm not going to joke around and just give you a bunch of bunch of junk just to pull you in i'm going to tell you the honest truth and so that's what i what you're getting here so like I said, 31-7 Georgia in this game, and I'm sticking to that prediction. So moving on from there, I got number six, Oklahoma versus number 21, Texas. Oklahoma 5-0, Texas 4-1. This game is going to be at 12 p.m. on ABC. And also, like I said, I hate noon games. Don't understand why this game is at noon, but whatever. This is going to be a big game, I think, for Oklahoma in this matchup. Not that I think they'll have a big game. I think that Oklahoma, this is probably their their biggest matchup that they'll see probably the rest of the year. For them, they've been struggling for each week. They just haven't looked that great. And I, I know it's hard to say struggling when they still sit here 5-0. and But nothing about their year has impressed me whatsoever. I mean, even last year they play, they play K-State and they end up only winning 37-31, win by 6. It just seems like every time they played an FBS opponent, they just barely scraped it out. And... So here, now you have to play against this high-powered offense that has finally found its footing since the Arkansas game with Steve Sarkeesian leading them. And I think it's just, it's I think it's finally time for Oklahoma. They're going to have to put up or shut up. You're going to have to show if you're top five material or you're going to have to show that you're, you're, you're not at that level like a lot of people have said you have been since the, since the first, you know, first part of the year. And I think what's going to help Oklahoma in this game, at least, is their rush defense has been very much improved. Their defense as a whole has been very much improved. At the same time, though, like I said, they got 31 last week. They're still not the best, but it's going to help considering they're the best rush defense in the Big 12. And you got B. John Robinson coming in from Texas, and I think he's going to have to have a big game for Texas to be able to pull this out. But also... Their new quarterback that has taken over the position from Hudson Card, Casey Thomas, so he's going to have to have an even bigger game because a lot of this offense that that Oklahoma has given up is coming through the passing attack. So he's going to have to have a monster game in this this uh, this matchup, and I think he's got the potential to do it. He's looked all right, but I think it's got to be a very well balanced matchup because I think Bijan Robinson, if he gets shut down, it's going to look like a really good game for Oklahoma. Now, on the the other front for the offense for Oklahoma, Spencer Rattler, he's just been kind of mediocre this year. I mean, he's been good. He's been above average. He just hasn't been at the level everyone thought he was going to be Heisman level taking that next step. And this would be a good matchup for him to finally break out, but I just don't see it happening. This Texas defense is continuing to get better. Now, they still have some problems in their secondary as well, so that'll be interesting to see if this is finally the game where Spencer Rattler can turn it on. But just how they've played over the last couple of weeks and how they've looked, and with this being a rivalry game, I just don't expect much different. I think the tensions are going to be extremely high. So, I mean, you could even see potentially him play even worse. So, with that said, though, for this matchup, I got Texas ended up pulling out a high-scoring game, 34-28. to So, I think you'll see Texas pull this one out. That'll give them a big win. They'll go to 5-1. and Oklahoma will go to 5-1 and as well. And Texas has got a big play in the Big 12 this year if that happens. And I know they lost to Arkansas earlier in the year, but Arkansas is not a bad team. I know they got routed by Georgia, but Arkansas has definitely got some got some juice to them still. I think they're going to have a good finish to the year. So for Texas, if you win this game, you're like I said, you're looking good for this part of the year. And, I mean, you just got to keep winning. You can see what happens there at the end of the year. But uh, I, I definitely think this is the week that Oklahoma goes down and everyone sees that they're just – 
they're just not there yet this year like a lot of people thought they would be. So, moving on, next matchup, got number 13 Arkansas versus number 17 Ole Miss. Arkansas 4 and 1 and Ole Miss 3 and 1. Last time I checked, the line was at five and a half for Ole Miss. So this game's at noon on ESPN. So a couple of noon games for these matchups. I do not understand it whatsoever. You would think these games would be prime time with all of them. And I mean, I know for a, I know there's a lot of there's a lot of these games. These are four top twenty five matchups, but and you don't want to slate them all at the same time though. But I mean, you could put them at different spots. I mean, you got Georgia, Georgia and Auburn at three thirty. You got Iowa and Penn State at four. And you got the other two games, Oklahoma and Texas, and this one at noon. I mean, there's no one at the late game spot at a 7 o'clock spot. I mean, you could at least put one team there. It, so, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what these what these teams are – I mean, these networks are doing. That, I mean, obviously they get paid to do this type of stuff and they want these games on there, but I just don't understand the scheduling process. You know, they're behind their mindset at all. But, anyways, games at noon. This will be the second week in a row that Arkansas has had to play at noon, so – Obviously, they're not happy about that, and I mean, I could understand why they're not happy about that. You're ranked number 13 in the country, and you're playing two back-to-back noon games. But it makes it even worse because you, now you got and say and last week you were at Georgia, and now you got to be at Ole Miss. So two back-to-back top 15 road matchups, and so definitely, I would say Arkansas's got the toughest schedule in the whole entire country. And for them, though, this is going to be a big matchup for them after losing to Georgia last week, and obviously Ole Miss as well losing to Alabama, but. This game right here, which team's just going to get back on track? We saw Arkansas give up a ton of rushing yards. Their defense has been probably the better than their offense, I would say, this year. It did not look that way against Georgia. And for Ole Miss on the other side of the ball, their offense has been the best thing that they've had all year, and their offense was only managed to put up 21, and I think a touchdown about that was late, real late in the game when it didn't even matter. So you got both these teams, and you're sitting here looking at it, and which one's just going to get back on track, and which team's going to actually show that they have the capabilities to still be a top 10 team, top 15 team in the country that can compete against these other teams. We obviously see that Georgia and Alabama's on another level. I think they proved that last week, but these teams can pr- prove which team is going to be the second-best team in the West this year, I think. And so that's a huge matchup, and... I mean, like I said, you never know what happens. Say Alabama ends up having some injuries and they go down, you know, one, two games this year, later on late in the year. I mean, you're in place. So, I mean, all these games matter, even though some people obviously will tell you the it's all over with. It's not whatsoever. you got a long season to go. So, for this matchup, though, I really do feel like Arkansas's defense can really get back on track. And that's the matchup to watch on this one is going to be Matt Corral against that, that Arkansas defense. They're just they're hard-hitting. I mean, was, you, you could even see that in the, the Georgia loss. I know they gave up some yards, and that was just very uncharacteristic compared to how they've played all year. But they were still hard-hitting, and they were very physical. And I think that matches up very well against this, this Ole Miss offense because we saw Alabama get physical with them last week and was able to shut down the run game. And for some reason, what I did not understand – Steve, uh, Lane Kiffin saw that the run game was not working last week like it had been the previous games. But for some reason, they continued to run it so much and never just fully let Matt Corral loose. And I don't understand that at all. He's a Heisman candidate. Instead of throwing the ball 40, you know, 40, 50 times, like if you absolutely need to to challenge that secondary, you sit back and you continue to run it late in the third quarter and it's just not working for you still. I mean, I just didn't understand that mindset. I don't know if they were so thrown off with, I mean – just just the moment with how much hype they had been getting. So I, I mean, I really don't know what that's going to happen. But for this week to beat this Arkansas defense, they're going to have to have that type of game plan where they just say, "All right, Matt, it's your it's your game. You're going to have to go out and go out and win it for us." And he's got the capability to do it. He's top two in the Heisman race, I would still say right now, and he's got to be able to go out here and prove it. 
and this is the perfect opportunity for them to do it against a tough Arkansas team, which I really do think is going to get back on track in this game and is going to be able to to tighten down on defense, make a couple of plays late. But on the but on the flip side for Arkansas's offense versus his Ole Miss defense, even myself last week I talked about Ole Miss's defense and how it had improved. It has improved, but it's still garbage. Let's just be honest. I mean, we saw Alabama be able to run all over them. They had their highest rushing total game of the year last week against Ole Miss. And that plays, I think, right into Arkansas's hands because they've been able to run the ball so well, averaging, I think it was like 270 yards a game before they played the Georgia game. And so, like I said, it plays just right into their hands. They should be able to, I think, be able to run the ball well against this this Ole Miss defense, be able to score some points. And so, for me in this game, I really think Arkansas is going to be able to come out and win this game 31-28. to It'll be close because I think Ole Miss is going to be able to play better this week than they had last week, going to be able to score some points since they're at home. But I really think Arkansas is going to get back on track and see their defense improve and their offense improve as well. So this isn't as big as a week in college football as it was as it was last week because last week was just so monumental. We had top 10 matchups, top 15 matchups like crazy. But this one's definitely probably top two in importance so far that we've seen with a top five matchup, being able to really submit who's going to be the best in that third spot. And then obviously seeing some of these teams really being able to take hold in their conference and what, you know, where they're standing is going to be after this week is over with. So going to be a very important week. Going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot of matchups. So with that said, though, that's our our show. If you want more information on our you know, picks and predictions and all that, you can go to our website at therevolutionsports.com, be able to look at our preview and predictions article. That way you can just look at it before the game, glance at it, know what to look at, and be able to see our score prediction, know what to expect. If you're looking for anything else, if you're looking for breaking news updates, whether it's sports or politics, we'll have all the games covered on it tomorrow. Go to our social media pages, which you can find the links to at our website, and you'll be able to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that way you can be able to get all the latest news and updates when it comes to breaking news or just any game scores you're looking for when it comes to these big matchups. So definitely follow us there. But with that said, we'll be back Monday with our Monday episode. Got a lot to talk about in politics, and obviously we'll recap you with these games on Monday, and then we'll obviously have our show next Thursday, and just like our normal schedule, Monday, Thursday, Saturday. But with that said, thank you for joining us today on this Saturday morning, and we'll see you in the next one.